episode of the gold cast is sponsored by the shock and weird mental i don't know what the word you want to call it mental exercise of trying to wrap our heads around the fact that richard sherman our greatest the greatest mouthpiece for our biggest rival is now going to be wearing a san francisco 49er uniform I, I, I don't know. This would be like Clayton Kershaw going to the Giants or Madison Bumgarner going to the Dodgers. You know, this is so weird. Uh, anyways, we're going to talk about it. But before we do, Raymond, why don't you let them know, where can they find us? You can like us at Facebook.com slash The Goldcast. You can also follow us on Instagram at The Goldcast. You can also follow us on Twitter at The Goldcast underscore. And you can also subscribe to us via iTunes, YouTube, and Stitcher, all under the same moniker of the Goldcast. Follow, subscribe, leave comments. We love to respond and talk to you. We love to hear from the community. And leave a review, too. If you'd like to see improvements or you have some constructive criticism, don't be afraid to voice your opinion. Yeah. Oh, this is great. Um, We got a comment. We got one of the craziest troll comments ever. And uh, a guy said that San Francisco is the perfect place for the 69ers, which I had never heard anybody ever call us. I've heard the 40 whiners a million times. I'd never heard the 69ers. <laughs> and then he said, horrible oh, podcast. I know. <laughs> he said, horrible podcast. Uh, I had to leave early cause, so I could go find a rope to hang myself with. <laughs> that was that was actually the funniest <laughs> troll I've ever. Isn't that great? I was like, I can't even be mad at you. This is so funny. This is so funny. I don't remember what his name was. But then our boy John Niner came in right after and was like, hey, hey, it was a good show. So thank you. Thank you, John Niner, for coming through. He, he came right in and was like, yo, yo, that was a good show. So. We appreciate that. But anyways, we're going to talk about this, the crazy acquisitions and the seemingly Cold War chess match that is now happening between the San Francisco 49ers and the Los Angeles Rams. Um, Goldcast intro first, though. Let's get busy. San Francisco, are you ready? This is the Goldcast. Boom! Welcome to another edition of the Goldcast. We are the voice of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Suisa III, and with me is my brother, my co-host... Raymond Salisa first, baby. Boom! Dun, 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 dun! All right, let's get back to this really quick. But no, Ray, isn't by definition, isn't 69 a good thing? Uh, if you're if if you're using 69 in your relationship, you're you have a healthy relationship. I think that's a lot of money. So, <laughs> to say the I'm least. Not, exact, not exactly sure where, going, the, okay. where the dig is. <laughs> yeah, me neither. The the San Francisco 69ers, the, that football team that's really good at sexual positions, those jerks. <laughs> oh, that poor guy. His brain doesn't work. Well, I know. well let's just say, well, regardless, works, but... if you... Just, just in a strange, weird way, where I guess sexual positions are a punishment and an insult. But let's just say this. If, I really hope you didn't hang yourself 
and come back and listen to this episode and then give us your thoughts on give us your defense of uh the 69ers and and how that's an insult i'm really interested in this i'm so interested that if you give me a good answer i'll even bring you on the show just kidding we have no intention of ever bringing you on the show all right here we go raymond so let's go through this rams start off with marcus peters then they get Akib Talib from the Bronx, the Broncos. Which means they have no intention of paying Tremaine Johnson despite franchise tagging him two years in a row. Nope, not at all. And then the Niners answer back, and we get Richard Sherman. Richard Sherman, this is the man who bashed Michael Crabtree, who, I mean, basically set off... And it, it already had been boiling. The, the entire year leading up to it was a was a chess match. But then it just, I think that those comments after the NFC Championship erupted the San Francisco-Seattle rivalry. And it just, it, it went from nasty to downright bloody. And Richard Sherman, I feel like, has always been the mouthpiece of Seattle. He's always been the focal point of my... Seahawks hate. So this is just a really, really weird place to be. I'm not really sure how to react. I don't. We don't even know if he's going to be any good. Achilles tear is no joke. I just want to hear your thoughts. What are your thoughts on all of this? This is crazy. The Sherman thing is crazy. So the Rams, the Rams are forced to do this because they don't have the cap space. So their only bargaining chip is their draft picks, which they already gave up a lot for the last couple of years just to get golf. So they're playing catch up right now. And this is the only leverage that they've got to acquire marquee players, which clearly, you know, worked in the case of Kansas City and the Denver Broncos because it got both players. In fact, the keep to was originally thought to get traded to the 49ers, but he blocked the trade saying that he just wasn't going to show up. Uh, he wasn't going to report in. So not sure why L.A. is more enticing than San Francisco in terms of, you know, football franchises. But um, whatever the case may be, he chose L.A. Um, over San Francisco. So to me, it tells me a couple things. A, you know, Tremaine Johnson is all but gone. You know, he could very well come to San Francisco. And that, you know, the Rams are looking, you know, are taking – some serious notes. They may not come out and say it, and I, they won't ever will. But I think this is also a subliminal, you know, maneuver that is not only not only you trying to acquire the top tier talent in the NFL to balance yourself out because you couldn't stop anybody in the first round of the playoffs, but you also have a new rival rising in San Francisco, you know, being led by Jimmy Garoppolo, who you know is is pretty a pretty good passer in his own right. So in order to to maintain some some uh, keep him honest over there, you know they got two of the best corners in the game. So one's a little bit older, one's younger in his prime. So it's good for them. But the response of getting Sherman, I mean, it's it's good and it's bad. It's good because he's obviously also a prolific cornerback in his own right, but he's also coming off of the most significant injury of his career. He's clearly going to lose a step from this, most likely. You know, most players that come off of this injury always lose a step. 
to a degree. So, you know, I'm not expecting him to get back into top tier form. He's also in his 30s. He's clearly in the, the, the twilight portion of his career. So but at the same time, he's been, you know, arguably statistically one of the best, you know, at his position since entering the league in 2011. So we certainly have he, he in other words, he's no, you know, is nothing to you know, you shouldn't you shouldn't disregard that just because he's injured and he's and he's older. The fact of what he's done up to this point, you know, still speaks for itself. So that's going to help our rookies and our younger players, which is really, really great in terms of what his production is going to be. Who knows? He's obviously going to start. So I'd be curious to see how he gets used, you know, and and, and what and how how well the younger guys kind of you know, take his, his tutelage to heart, you know, if, if they take it sincerely or, you know, if they're able to, you know, grow faster, you know, because, because he's so good and he knows, knows the game so well, he's a smart guy too, just despite what his, you know, <laughs> what his arrogant press conferences would, would tell you, you know, uh, outside of that, he's actually a pretty smart dude. So it's, it's weird. Cause I've hated the guy for years and now it's like, it's, Kind of reminds the only time, the only thing that comes closest is the Dion signing. Yeah, like how yeah when he left Atlanta to come to San Francisco, I, that's exactly what I keep thinking of. That's exactly what I keep thinking of. It's weird because yes, same thing. Grew up, you know, this whole decade just hating Richard Sherman, hating Richard Sherman. Uh, the thing I'm also concerned about is you know there was a lot of fighting. A lot of fighting that always happened on the Seattle sideline. That was part of that was kind of part of their culture. It's been part of their culture that whole time. Richard Sherman's such a vocal player. I I, I don't know. I'm I'm also nervous about him becoming you know uh, just a problem in the locker room. You know I I don't know. I you know I I can't say oh well you know he's the reason they fought on the sideline. But I mean how many clips have we seen of Seattle screaming at each other in the sideline? They do this every year. There's clips of them every week of them yelling at each other in the sidelines. I've been doing this for years. And I just don't, it just makes me nervous. I just don't want to see that kind of attitude brought to San Francisco because that's not the kind of thing we need. And I know Shanahan's not the kind of guy that's going to put up with that. But what are your thoughts when I say that? Um, well, he's he wasn't the only person that, you know, was part of that, uh, those, those displays of, you know, emotion, although he was certainly in the middle of most of them. You know, for obvious reasons, he's just he's super competitive. He's got a huge inflamed ego, like a lot of the players on that defense. So it's it's natural. But I think like I think this injury is, you know, I think it's humbled him in a way, knowing that he's kind of turned a corner in his career and not necessarily turned a corner that's, you know, that's going upwards anymore, so to speak. And so I think part of it is there's twofold. I think he's been humbled by the injury. He's coming to a completely different environment. This isn't even the same Niner team he faced, you know, for the better part of his career. So all of that has changed. The players are different. The The front office is different. The coaching staff is different. So there's no one on that team other than maybe like Joe Staley, you know, that he's going to be familiar with, you know, and Carlos Hyde maybe, you know, that's about it. So everyone else is going to be new and it's very different over there. You know, it's a it's a younger team. It's a hungry team. It's a team that was hot last year. So I think all of that is going to be different. It's not like he's coming into a team that's coming up together and, you know, dominating and going to back to back Super Bowls together. And so there's this high, 
degree of expectation. This is a team with low, less expectations than that. Obviously, that's the ultimate goal for every team. But in the case of the Niners, they're just trying to win game by game. You know, they're not, they're not, they're not, you know, Super Bowl or bust, you know, every day, all the time in the locker room. So it's a completely different environment. And I don't think it, it, and it, and like you, like you hinted to that Kyle Shanahan is not going to put up with that. It's that particular the culture in this 49ers locker room is so different that it's not really going to even give breath to the type of outbursts that we've seen in Seattle over the years. I hope you're right. And I think you're right. I agree. Let me ask you this. Did it make you nervous to see the Rams acquire Peters and Tillip? Uh, I was more surprised than nervous. I mean, for them to get two of the best corners in the game, I mean, you got to give up, you know, they had to give up picks for that. So they're trying to win now that this is a because they don't have the capital like we do to kind of build (coughs) to sign, sign a few players here and there and then supplement through the draft. They're like, no, we kind of have to give up the farm, give up the future to try to win now because that's the position that they're in financially. So. But I was more surprised that they were able to get two really good players just like that. And that's what I was more surprised at. They have major, they both have pretty big attitudes that, uh, you know, tend to get, tend to shine on and off, off the field. So I'm curious as to whether, how well that's going to harmonize in in LA. And if McVay is going to, you know, have the cojones to keep those those guys on a on a short leash yeah that is going to be interesting they are in a win now period they're probably you know i'd say one or two years ahead of where we are but they're definitely in that win now attitude it does make me nervous but you know what the flip side is the flip side is if jimmy g can carve them up the way he did jacksonville then the legend of jimmy g only grows it just grows and grows exactly and that defense is better than than LA's. And he put up it is. points against them. Uh, but and they gave not only did they give up draft picks, but they gave up players. They gave up Robert Quinn, Ogletree. Those are those are you know those are important components to the run game and the pass rush. So you've given up, you've given up some players because you also want to sign your big star, your big defensive star. But you've now you lose some of your ability to pressure and hold the run. So where you've improved, where you've gotten better against the pass, you've not only had to give up your future, you know, i.e. trade um, draft picks, but you've also given up players, players that were, you know, components of the core of that defense. So, you know, that they're there. It's not like it's not like a complete win for them. They had to give up. They had to give no. up some of the farm just to do it. Yes. And I like that. This is going to be this rivalry between us and the Rams, it is literally, I feel like I am reliving the early part of the decade between Harbaugh and Carroll, you know, with both these two teams. Like anytime someone dropped, the other team would pick that guy up. I mean, it was just so intense. And you just saw two powerhouses stacking, stacking the box, you know what I mean? Just stacking it, just putting weapons in the chest and just going. And I think this year, I cannot wait. I cannot wait to go head to head with Los Angeles. Because this, this is going. This is the rivalry. This is the premier rivalry in the NFC West. They blew up the Legion of Boom. They're not in a full reboot, rebuild, but they're in a reboot. 
The Arizona Cardinals, you know, we've talked about this a couple different times. I mean, you know, outside of that one year where they made the NFC Championship, that team has never, you know, they've been scrappy, but not not really that big of a threat. They had one good year and it hasn't really, you know, there hasn't really been a whole lot after that. So I don't really, I don't really care for them. I don't, not really afraid of them. So this is all really interesting. What's happening right now, the power shift has clearly come back to California. The power shift is clearly squarely began again. Once again, the 49ers at the center of a rivalry with another team. And this time it's the LA Rams. And we'll see, man, this I'm just looking forward to these games. I gosh, I want football to come back tomorrow because I'm just dying. I'm dying to see a year of training camp with Kyle Shanahan and Jimmy G. I'm dying to see how he does against this new ramped up defense. Gosh, could you imagine if Jimmy G carves up this defense, Ray? Oh man. Oh, I'm gonna have a field day. What do you think? If he carves them up, if what, 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 you know, I mean, probably split the series. It's way too early. We'll, we'll give predictions in, you know, five months. But could you I'm imagine? Expo- We're just, I, let's I let's the, just play the, fantasy. The X, the X factor is a combination of not only Jimmy G's ability to read the field well and make quick decisions, but also Kyle Shanahan's ability to game plan, you know, through Jimmy's facilitation. So that combination, I feel, and Shanahan, now they're going to have a complete offseason to do this, where before they just had a month. Like, here's the playbook that I've already written, which didn't, you know, really consider you because you weren't here. Now he's going to have an offseason to create and design plays. So there's still going to be an element of surprise, despite having, you know, five games under his belt, you know, with the 49ers on tape. You know, he's also there's still going to be a an element of surprise that we're going to be able to, you know, employ this season because we're going to have a, a full off season to, you know, add more wrinkles and refinements to the playbook. You know, that shot. I say it like we like we're doing it. But I mean, Kyle Shanahan's going to have that ability. And I think that is going to no matter who's at the other end. Kyle Shanahan's going to game plan you. He's going to game plan the shit out of you, you know, and he clearly did a good job of doing that against the Jags. And even though he was playing a bunch of second and third stringers in the last contest against the Rams, we still, you know, blew them out too. They're still pros, regardless of what pros are pros. Yeah, you're right. But Raymond, you do, you do say we, and that's not inaccurate. The gold cast, we get up, we're at the, we're at the, we're at Levi Stadium every morning at 6 a.m. Me and Raymond are in the dirt doing our doing our side. I don't know what you other fans are doing, but that's what we're doing. We're there at 6 a.m. No one's talking to us. No one even knows who we are. Sometimes the police escort us off the field, but we're still there every morning at 6 a.m. doing our work. I just want to make sure that's clear to the Goldcast Nation. Yeah, that's true. We are there. <laughs> <laughs> so not, not sure how, so, how pleased they are with our presence, but we're there. But we're there. You know, I mean... You know, I, I've heard a lot of things lobbied at us, um, you know, you know, a lot of insults and, you know, we've been arrested like twice, but, you know, you're not a real 49er fan if you haven't been arrested at least twice. That's what, that's, that's what I always say. I've actually never said that before. Raymond, let's move on. Golden State Warriors, Houston Rockets, big weekend. Rockets are on that ridiculous streak. Houston loses. We have an opportunity in this two-game stretch to take first 
And the Warriors go down to Portland. They go down to the Timberwolves. And now they're one and a half games back from Houston. Do you think, do you think, are we going to be able to take first back? Ah, gosh, it's hard to, it's hard to say. I think it'll come down to the wire. You know, if Houston goes, if Houston's putting forth a huge amount of effort just to keep first place, like I've said before. And I think there's still a really good chance that they run out of steam just in the effort to get the first seed that's going to end up being their undoing, you know, as they get into the playoffs. That's what I think. I think that the Warriors still have the opportunity to get first place, but I mean, the first seed, but I don't think they're stressing over it in the same way that Houston is. And Houston's, you know, they had to win 17 games just to keep it that way. So I still think the Warriors got a chance to do it, but it's going to come down to the wire. Yeah. Well, here, let me do this. I want to read you the schedules. So here are the schedules for the teams. Let's start with our big rivals here, Mr. Mr. Rocket from Houston. Got them. They beat the Mavericks today. Tomorrow they've got Spurs. Then it goes Spurs, Clippers, Pelicans, Timberwolves, Trailblazers, Pistons, Pelicans again, Hawks, Bulls, Suns, whatever. But then it ends. It ends with Spurs, Wizards, Trailblazers, Thunder. That's a t- that's the that's the last four of the six games. Spurs, Wizards, Trailblazers, Thunder, followed by the Lakers, which you know Lakers have been very scrappy lately, but you know hardly a barn burner. And then they end with the Kings. Um, so you've you know they, they've got coming up. Spurs, Rockets, Pelicans, then Timberwolves, Trailblazers again, Pistons, Pelicans. Then they go through that kind of the little weak run right there, and then it, it pretty much ramps up and then closes out with Sacramento and L.A. Now Golden State, Lakers on Wednesday, then followed by the Kings, followed by the Suns. Then you got Spurs, Hawks, Jazz, Pacers, Bucks, Kings. Suns, then they got the Thunder, the Pacers, the Pelicans, and that's a that's a that's a tough little stretch. Thunder, 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 Pacers, Pelicans, and then it ends with Suns, Jazz. So clearly, our road to the final this final stretch here is much easier than the than the Rockets. But I mean, you know, we had two games this uh, this weekend that we could have won that we should have won, and we didn't. So it doesn't necessarily mean that just because we have the easier schedule that it's guaranteed that we're going to we're going to run the tables and and get first in the west. You know what I mean? Mhm. Yeah. I do, we do have an easier road, which is great. But I don't know don't know if that's going to be the case. But I but I think that like I said, I, I they they've they've been, they've been exerting a lot of energy and I think us having the easier schedule is going to help us. That's why it's going to come down to the wire. This last schedule here, this is when it's going to come down to, and we have the advantage because we have the easier schedule. They have a tougher road. Okay, so let me ask you this. Do you think it even matters if we get the first place seed? Let's just say we get the second seed. Let's say we let's say they stay one and a half games ahead, you know, and it's just the way the numbers turns out. You know, they, they lose one, they lose a game three games from now, but then we lose a game three games from now, and it just kind of goes back and forth, and we end up, you know, the spread ends up being, you know, we, we're, we're back by two and a half games. 
by the by when all everything shakes out. What do you what do you think? Do you think it even matters? It does, but it doesn't. If if the Warriors get it, it matters to opponents. If the Warriors don't get it, it doesn't matter because the Warriors are equally good on the road as they are at home. So you think it doesn't matter? So to, so we we if we don't get it, if we don't get it, then we take second and we still have a significant amount of home field advantage. And then, I mean, we're probably going to end up facing the Rockets in the Western Conference Finals anyways, regardless. But you, so you think it doesn't matter in the long run? No, I don't think it matters. Well, there you have it, folks. Raymond from the Goldcast, the greatest fanalist in the game. The greatest fanalist in the game. Doesn't think it matters. So, uh, what do you guys think? First of all, we're too goddamn good. <laughs> we are, we are, we are, we are. Uh, you know, I just get nervous. You know, I always get nervous. None of this stuff's guaranteed. I get nervous. I, I'm, I'm one of those fidgety fans. That gets, I, you know, I overanalyze everything during the entire season. But uh, here's a question, Goldcast Nation. What do you guys think? Do you guys think? First of all. Do you feel like the power has shifted? What are your thoughts about Richard Sherman being with the 49ers? That's first and foremost. Secondly, what are your who do you think the Warriors can take first and does it even matter? That's the question. Does it even matter? So let us know in the comments. Tell us what your thoughts. Share it with us. We love talking to you guys out there. Let's talk about those pesky 69ers and the Golden State Warriors. Um I think that about wraps it up for this weekend. But Raymond, uh, before we leave, why don't you let them know where they can find you? You can follow me on Twitter at Ray Solis, and you can follow me on Instagram at Ray Solis One. Boom! You can follow me uh, at Rudy Solis Three on Instagram and Rudy Solis Third, Rudy Solis Three RD on Twitter. And so concludes another edition of the Goldcast. We are the voice of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Solis III, and with me is my brother, my co-host. Raymond Solis I, baby. Boom! We'll see you next time. Same Goldcast time, same Goldcast channel. Bye-bye. This is, is the Goldcast. Cast.